and welcome to Surgical Goals, the podcast that brings you a unique insight into the world of sport and shines a light on many of the injuries picked up along the way from some of the best sports stars throughout their careers and of course the recoveries. My name is Jennifer Riuk and with the help of orthopaedic surgeon Professor Gordon Mackay, we are going to delve into that fascinating side of the sporting world. This week, Gordon and I are joined by an all-round rugby legend and Scottish rugby's record point scorer. We're talking you up here, Chris Patterson. Thank you so much for joining us. Also in the room, though, delighted to be joined in our podcast pod. I think that's what we should call it. Uh-huh. Stuart Barton, former physio for the Scotland rugby squad. Stuart, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Stuart. Welcome. <laughs> You can see that little respect even between the two of you from working together for so long. It's nice to see. I mean, you laugh at each other a lot, but it's good. There's a lot of there's friendship there as well, other than just a professional I, relationship. I, I love this. Nice. And I sense there's a few stories untold as well, Jennifer. Do you know what I sense that? Yeah, like one or two, the, the clean ones. Oh, yeah. And, uh, okay. Honestly, like some... <laughs> I remember, we got up to all sorts of... And these yeah, yeah. probably aren't even funny. But no, no. Yeah, yeah. You'll maybe give us a kind of token yeah. laugh, but remember with the Bill Clinton mask, Oh, sitting Morgan's in the toilet at like, Dougie Morgan's oh, hotel and we got what? some well, the team hotel and <laughs> Dougie Morgan was away for a Land Rover day and he was out of the hotel and the players had a, a quiet day uh, Geach had said right rest day so they're at the hotel and they're cooped up they can only do Ge- so much Geach has an Ian McGeegan I Ian McGeegan so Geach was a, a lazy day and we're in the hotel it was one of these Drake Edinburgh days Yeah. so what can we do and I said right Dougie's away let's go and we went along to the clothes shop what was it called? Aiken and Evan and Josh. Aiken and Evan. And we said, can we get a mannequin? He says, what? Can we get a mannequin? So there was the Scottish, I think you maybe were captain there as well. There's a Scottish rugby team captain with a mannequin. <laughs> James Robson, me and Bob Stewart, we dressed it in Doogie's number ones. He's oh, for like goodness sake. And Kenny Logan somehow got a Bill Clinton I know, mask. I don't know where it came from. And, and this is mo- Kenny mostly, always travels. I'm mostly <laughs> doing this. And we had it sitting on his toilet seat with his tweeds down. And Doogie, and Doogie comes in. having the date Land Rover and he walked into his room and went into the toilet door and went oh excuse me <laughs> and he went this is definitely man there's something in my room oh, and he's knocking on the door going excuse me what are you doing in my toilet <laughs> oh, was, oh brilliant remember as well one of the assistant coaches was we'd just eat anything and he, the food was obviously off in the, uh, on a booth and we, we gathered up some of those, the bark for the, the plants kicking about we wrote a wee tag with Biltong and put it of course spit in the prison and one of the assistants <laughs> no! must have had a side plate full of bark thinking it was Biltong remember, <laughs> the, remember the plastic uh, the plastic necklace put around the players as well we've been what, what, one of the players had a, a neck injury a kind of stiffness neck and it was when magnets were uh, a uh, thing in terms of recovery but right. okay. I can't remember if it was a charity shop or a bucket, but we found this kind of dress-up plastic necklace, like a Mr. T necklace, just plastic. Uh-huh. And Stuart says, oh, come on, we'll take that back to the hotel. Oh, Put it around the boy's neck. The <laughs> neck. So did some new magnets, it'll make him make your neck better. And then Jim Telfer, the Jim, coach, actually. It was, it was a cycling beside Vinny. Ah, he says, how's the neck? He says, his magnets are, are making a real difference. <laughs> There's <laughs> well, nothing quite like a placebo effect, eh? That works wonders. What I love, though, is that you both talked about how much you've got to trust your team and then you I do know. stuff like that oh, to I each know. other. I... I like that you can still trust each other after the nonsense that goes on, but I suppose it's part of the camaraderie. First, the nonsense cue him. Jennifer, I remember getting invited to after. I, was, I think it was a great victory, actually. Scotland beat England and Murrayfield, and then we're going behind the scenes. It's quite exciting, you know, that great atmosphere. I went down to the changing room, and as I wandered in, Chris was in there. And I sensed something was going on a wee bit. And then I met Barty and, and much of the two physios. And it was about the Calcutta Cup. 
Barty, you tell us more. But <laughs> no, no. Frank was getting all this. This is Frank Haddon, the manager, was in the, on the, on he the edge. Really he, he thought he might, if it was, didn't go their way, he might be out of a job. Uh, right, so okay. it was a lot riding on this Scotland in one match. The yeah, cut to cut match. Yeah. So, and me found the sandwiches through the back. <laughs> and we got the bacon out the sandwiches. <laughs> And he draped it over the Calcutta cup and presented it to Frank for mm. saving his bacon. The press got a hold of that, eh? Did they? Aye, yeah. aye. I remember oh, seeing the photo. Oh, it's it's funny. And Frank's got a picture of him holding the Calcutta oh, cup draped yeah, in bacon yeah. for saving it. entirely ridiculous, but it's again... <laughs> quite serious obviously it's, it's serious, a high level yeah. there's a lot of people who want you to do well and there's pressure there how do you cope with the pressure is it about mixing it with fun partly yeah D- definitely like, being able to switch on and off was always yeah. something that was really important thing in, in all, all walks of life if a squad were to meet up for a, a Six Nations game say on a, on a Monday morning you can't be on it completely on it until the, the Saturday afternoon sure. you'd be emotionally drained by Tuesday morning so yeah. you have to switch on and off and that's where your senior players your leaders your, were probably some of the most kind of jovial guys but Whatever they were fun and you know teamship and stupid stuff that probably isn't really even funny unless you're <laughs> <laughs> like the, the the most important thing or the most impressive thing was how quickly they switched on when it had to be on. Sure. So you would go from smiling up it would be like bang, bang right, right. We're here to train. We're here to do something real. Let's yeah. get it. and it really, really meant something. So Gary you know, was like yeah, brilliant at that. Gary Armstrong, yeah, the two of them are so guys. good at so good at just being clowns and then <laughs> clown and captain. Switch on like that. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. It creates a at some point a real kind of relaxed atmosphere, but. Mm-hmm. There's also that element of no fear because it's wrong, but there's that element of consequence that listen, you know, if you're going to, yeah, this is real, gonna, this is real, and and being able to switch on and off is really important. So, yeah. dealing with pressure is something that everybody does differently. Yeah. I mean, you did a lot of kicking as well, yeah. very good at kicking, there's a lot of pressure there in that moment. Yeah. Like, again, you must be quite good at channeling. Again, just came up with different strategies, working with different people. Were you aware of the crowd, Chris? Well, oh, everyone watching the TV or in the crowd, you're always imagining that you must feel everything's focused on you, but are you oblivious to that? Yeah, are you? Well, I try to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. and that's just what training is. Do you oh. just have the confidence that this is, this? I've done this a million times, I'm going to do the same? You do, but if you think that, like, again, because I work with, with kickers now, yeah, yeah. there's loads of different ways and everybody's different in terms of how they deal with it, how they embrace it, how they shut it off. I shut it off more often than not. Yeah. I, I shut crowd off the whole time. It's mm-hmm. terrible saying it because you are totally inspired and you're doing it for everybody else. Yeah, yeah. of course. But you can then, have those moments of beginning yeah, and end, but whilst yeah, you're playing, when you're in it, you're, you're in the game. You're in it. Yeah. Everyone says, oh, what's it like? And I'm like, I don't know. Because <laughs> I spent I spent most of my time shutting it off and you feel as if you're like so selfish, you're not appreciated. You totally appreciate the sport. Of course, of course. you do. In order for me to be at my best, I couldn't worry about the joy of a roar or a sure. criticism of a boo. Like, I can't affect that. How I can play is going to affect yeah. the, you know, give respect to you coming to watch us. So when kicking, I would, I worked with Mick Byrne was a kicking coach I worked with for a long time and he was brilliant mm-hmm. in terms of education and understanding why you kicked a kick or why you missed a kick mm-hmm. rather than thinking, well, I'm one out of three and eight kick this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get back on 50%, whatever it is. So I, I would think about two or three key technical things. The first thing I'd do was, Sometimes preempt a kick a goal as well. You can't always do it, but mm-hmm. if there was a scrum and it collapsed and it collapsed again, you're thinking, well, chances are there could be a penalty here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the next yeah. time so you're almost like it's still so in the moment, mentally still thinking, it. right? Actually, yeah. this might come a penalty. So if it does, we might uh-huh. have to okay. think about that, or, or it's going to try. It'd never be massively jumping about celebrating, patting each other on the back. So I was thinking, right, I need to go and kick. Yeah. So the first thing, can you preempt it if you could? And then as soon as you knew you were going to do it, just try and slow your heart rate down. So just like talk to yourself. All right. Stupid. Right. Go and pick up no, the ball, good. walk away. You used to ask you something to say head yeah. and hand. You used to yeah. say, say head and hand. Don't, Don't say anything else. Just say head yeah. and hand, which meant head down and 
you liked his hand up. up. Yeah. Like David Beckham, that's who you copied. My, my oh, left hand used to hit me here. Party said this. Was, yeah. Who was your role model? White Slay for kicking. Can you get amalgamation of loads of different things? Did you, you didn't go as far as putting a band in your hair or anything <laughs> like that, but it just, just the Beckham wave. No, was well, it? It was, it was, if my left hand hit me here, uh-huh. my whole left side was in the kick, so it meant my, oh, I was right. tall, I was in the right yeah. position. Uh-huh. If my left arm kind of went out, Towards the side, that my body would shift left. That's so actually, that physical yeah. feeling of my yeah. arm hitting set me yourself basically. Yeah. So I think yeah. uh, I'd slow your heart rate down. I set the ball up, look at the part of the ball you're going to kick, and it was like, don't take your eye off that spot you're hitting. And it was mm-hmm. as small as the registered trademark mm-hmm. on the ball and the brand mm-hmm. on the ball. So you're focusing right in on a point, mm-hmm. thinking, right, stay slow, get my left arm in my ear, and then get my hips to the target after the kick. So you follow through the target by focusing on three or four things. Uh-huh. It immediately, it probably by default, took the crowd away. Yeah. yeah. Do you uh, hear him talking that detail? Yeah. Uh, do you but remember getting your Logan missing the kick in what? Paris? Oh, yeah. Which, that kick, if Tate scored, that, kick, that, would, was. I, that uh-huh. kick was going to make it more than three scores, right? And you actually see Tate shaking his head as Kenny misses the kick from in front of the post. And it mm. makes me laugh. His detail there reminds me of Johnny Wilkinson talking about the detail of kicking to a person in the crowd. Sure. And he'd see that person and say, I'm going to kick the ball to that person. Take said to Kenny, what the hell happened after that with that kick? Yeah. He says, that would have, he says, oh, you'll never believe it, boys. I'm ready to take the kick. And I'm looking up and I see myself on the big screen and I'm thinking, <laughs> no, I am no, he did. He says, I am looking good today. <laughs> and, and, and he says, and, and he was looking at himself and he misses the kick and he's like the corner flag, I'm telling you. And it's funny because he won in Paris for the first time. <laughs> that was Kenny Toy. He started the fans with the big screens or Kenny directly by right behind the post. That is absolutely, well, I mean, your technique must have worked because you cooked very well. I got a stat because I feel like you quite like stats and you'll probably know it anyway. 38 can consecutive kicks between is it August 20, 2007 and June 2008 you didn't miss one which was out there somewhere because we did a lot in of June giggling 2008? I kicked the 39th and I never it was, uh, it was in Argentina oh, right. and the uh, touch judges said it never went over and I was like oh, really? Oh, uh, really? So no, that's no, it? I think it probably oh, might have gone. We'll give you another one. Yeah, it might have gone. Give me 39. Yeah, 39 it is. But if you not miss that, it's a lot of pressure to be dealing with every time. It's, so the, same, it but it's the same every kick. Yeah, like, genuinely, the It's just the same every kick and that string or run. I think I missed one. It was quite close. And then I think I maybe hit another 20 or or the yeah. rebounds after that. See, understanding you're going to miss kicks as well or, or make mistakes is a big part of it. But with the, the steps you made were kind of education element. Like if you did miss, you know what to put right. And it was really important. Well, those are the key points. And then just, just trusting that process. And it's like you train for a reason. So you'll do all this at training and then get put in front of a match in the first minute. Eightieth minute, whatever you want, and your body just wants to do something else. Yeah. Like your yeah. body just like, oh, I'll just just look up early, just make sure it goes over. I'll yeah. just. Uh, and the biggest step you can make was like just trusting what you do in training yeah. in a match, which is quite easy. It's like golfing, isn't it? Like yeah. Have don't analyze it. Yeah. Have a hit yourself. Don't worry about it. And then you're Stuart Barton's golf day, <laughs> and you're announcing a tee. And the first thing is, oh no, I'll just make sure I hope this goes. And your mind goes totally against actually just look at the ball and hit. Yeah. 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 So like trusting what you do in training in the game sounds really simple but it actually takes a discipline to do it and everybody's different so yeah. some of the, the, the lads I work with now they're more outcome driven it's more unusual that most kickers will be quite process driven sure. mm-hmm. you know do A, B and C and D will happen where some are just naturally gifted and, and they see the end point see the ball going through the posts and 
that's the, the end point that they get to naturally. One, one wee technical point always, I've always been curious about, did you always kick the ball just as hard regardless? Yeah. Because it, it seemed to me and, like uh, whether yeah. you're 15 yards or 40 yards, folk just rocket the ball. Yeah. What, what was your approach? Yeah. Well, it, it, it wasn't very hard, but it was as hard <laughs> as it could. Well, it wasn't as okay. hard as it could. It was uh, regardless of distance. Exactly. So just, it was the same. Uh, whether you're in front, you're out to the side, whatever the angle is, Kick it. It's, again, some kickers are different. Some will probably naturally try and move the ball a wee bit. But in order to make every kick the same from wherever it was, just do the same thing time and time again. Uh, no matter what the score was, no matter if it was to win, you were 30 points up or whether it was 30 points down, all make them the same. Because- so it was intriguing. We've got Stuart here with you. And obviously you shared your careers in Scottish rugby. And I knew you both, obviously, in that role. But you, I believe, turned up at Stuart's wedding. Is that right? That's he, right, yeah. he invited you to his wedding. It's okay. a while ago, Stuart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, forgot something, I gather. I oh, I forgot my shirt. And they asked, your, shirt, your what? Your shirt? This, this, my shirt, yeah. My dress shirt. <laughs> this, it's, it's, right. um, if somebody said to me, what's Chris Patterson like? <laughs> I'll, tell us, yeah, I'll tell a story a bit more, say. And it was at my wedding at the Cross Nest, which is Edith Bowman's mum and dad's hotel. Oh. So no, they now actually Fun so anyway mm-hmm. Mossy went up and he said look it's half an hour before the wedding I just thought is this one of these hotels where you've got loads of shirts in the back room like at Glen Eagles and she said no because I forgot my kilt shirt where's oh, the nearest no. and she'd have to go to St Andrews you've not got time and Pat says to Chris but I tell you what you're about the size of my old laddie <laughs> and she said I'll, I'll nip home she just grabs her car keys and no, goes home right and she irons his shirt, gives it, gives it to Chris. And I know oh, what amazing. that boy, he danced. Poor Claire never saw him. He danced oh. with the grannies, the aunties, the wee bairns. He danced the whole night. As daft <laughs> as he always is, daft yeah. as a brush. Dancing No away. one's going to beat him on the dance no, floor. Yeah. 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 dance floor. And you know what? It's all forgotten about. Getting on a year later, he shouts me over and he says, Stuart, what was that woman's name at the cross nest that gave him my shirt? I says, Pat, gear this. And he takes a shirt off his back, the shirts off, and the socks, and I shoved them in the back. He says, "Gear them." Oh, you so, washed them first. I, so, so no, 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 no. no, no. And she was so, sweaty kit. Uh, no, but she loved it because she was his hero. Oh, Chris, oh, Chris was his hero, and Chris was her hero. And she went, "Oh my god!" And I gave her it, and she said, "I'm not going to wash it. I'm not going to wash." It. It, it summed him up. It summed him up. Honestly, I, almost a year later, and I'd embroidered it. Chris Patterson, because they're all embroidered. Oh, that's all gesture, actually. Oh, yeah, that's what Chris yeah. was like. He didn't want to do his washing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is yeah, nice. Can you iron this for me, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> for Saturday <laughs> no that is it's, you sort of mindful of all the people that help you along the way sort of on and off the pitch oh, it's suppose. better than being topless at a wedding <laughs> <laughs> yeah they might have stolen the show 